Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Two Dabs Podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Booth, and with me as always is my other co-host, Mr. Michael Towie. How you doing, man? Hello! <laughs> Dude, no way. Zoom heard me do that and then just suggested that if I was rec- singing and if I needed to record audio, Ooh, that's how that. good that was. So that's people, how good if you, that was. Yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're talking shit about Mikey just now singing, uh, Zoom thinks otherwise. So. Uh-huh. It says, <laughs> set up professional audio in audio settings. Because you sound like shit. That's what Zoom is saying. It's like, where's the auto-tune, please? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, long time no see. How you been? Dude, yeah, we've been... It's been a minute. We've uh, we've both been pretty busy people, I think. You you just got back from L.A., didn't you? I was in L.A. Uh, last week on Friday. I was in San Francisco for a few days. I think, um, you know... Yeah, just the last couple of weeks, I've been back and forth a ton, just getting everything ready. We had the official launch for Houseplant, man, for what I've been quietly working on. Gang, gang, (laughs) gang. For the last fucking year and a half, which is... uh, Well, dude, before we get into that, Uh uh we need to do something that we always do at the beginning of the episode. Yes. And that hopefully everybody else is ready to do with us at this moment in time. If you're not ready... Pause right now. I'm giving you the moment to pause right now, people. Pause. Get those rigs ready. What are you dabbing on today, dude? What do you got? Well, while you're getting ready, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll talk to you about what I'm. Some flavors I just recently picked up yesterday, actually. Oh yeah, I, you 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 got re you got terped up yesterday. I got some terps yesterday when I got back from LA. A big shout out to Purple Lotus in San Jose. I'll oh, be honest. Gang, dude, this spot. Dude, they've been coming through hard. Um. I haven't tried any of their in-house stuff yet, that blue chip stuff, but um, I'm curious. You know, they've got uh, just one of the better selections I've seen. Period. They've like, I mean, a, a, just about anybody who's doing good work on any product type, they're there. So you know, from flower yeah. selection, they've got all the connected and cookies stuff, which is like your typical hype boy. But then they also have, uh-huh. you know, Basita, and they have. Good flower, and they have Wonder Bread there. Summit Boys. And they have Summit Boys, you know, and so they they've got a good understanding of where the flower game is, and then they I think they also have a really good understanding of the extracts game. They've always got the new Frosty stuff on deck. They've always had Papa Selects on deck. Um, they always have Cali Stripe on there. All uh, always have Kalia and some of the other stuff and. That's what I think yeah. I'm probably most excited. I haven't tried it yet, but I grabbed that cakewalk. Uh, oh, you haven't tried it yet, dude? Alien Labs. No, I have not. That shit looks like heater. Like I, I saw that in your Instagram, and I was like, holy shit. Uh, I can't wait to like smell that jar. Like, yeah, that man. It's insane. And it's like, tip, it's like typical Kalia, so it's just like incredibly I still stable. Have... Do you? Yeah, there you go. Yep. The yep. kosher skittles from when we went last time. Yes. I still it's still been in my fridge. Just yes. Um, but for me today, personally, what I'm going to do a big one is some MCon Eight by Royal Key and the surprise, surprise guys. Which um, this stuff wow. is so so fucking like gassy, chemi. It's oh, unreal. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you can see the color in there. It's like 
Yeah, that looks amazing. This wow. is this is live res batter. This is not Roz. This is live res batter, and it's like oh, fucking top tier. It's delicious. So I'm gonna start heating up. What are you slabbing on today? I'm hitting that. Yeah, I'm hitting that kosher. Oh yeah. Oh that kosher. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 That we got. I have still have. I've been saving it. I actually also picked up some Cali stripes, some peanut butter breath, uh, live oh, rosin dude. batter. Oh, dude, you gotta let me know how and that. And that is. shit yeah. was fucking heat, dude. Is uh, it tasty? Yeah, I've like I had to put it back in my fridge. Though. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna smoke this whole thing if I don't fucking chill out. Like it was so good. All right, let's see this big one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, man, I've been really impressed with some of the new. Some of the newer genetics coming out, um, some of the real gassy stuff. Um, although I, that peanut butter breath is going to have a special place in my heart for a long time. The uh, the stuff that the peanut butter breath that like Papa's did two months ago is unreal. Honestly, Papa's select stuff is wild. Their their papaya um, their papaya punch that just dropped that I grabbed some of that garlic juice they did was absolutely unreal. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to what those guys come up with next, but it's always yeah. it's interesting. They only seem to do like one or two flavors at a time. I think they have. But they're like really good flavors, though. Yeah, they're fire. Yeah, but I mean that's just that's just like such a challenge. One of the big challenges is just getting it's just finding that good pre-material. Always, I think that's such a hard. I think that's such a big deal for hash people. Well, then it's just the total quality management throughout the process of that pre-material, too. Yeah, yeah. That really is, like, the... I don't think people realize how much, like, accidentally not putting it in, oh, in the freezer right away or oh, anything, dude. Like, anything like that can just... That's what's so impressive to me about some of this Kalia stuff is, is uh, Kalia. I think I'm saying it wrong. I'm probably butchering it. I should really just talk I should really just talk to someone from the... Well, that was uh, a big dab, dude. Double reheat. Yeah, dude. I was gonna say you've just you just been sitting over there putting I've up cloudies. The whole time My you've turn. Been talking. My <laughs> turn. <laughs> I've just been doing a dab for like two minutes. Uh, I like that tool. Did you get that tool last time we were over at the? Yeah. I dig those things. Dude, I'm uh, I'm pretty close to pulling the trigger on a on a rigatoni. <coughs> Are you getting? Did you get? A, did you get a stimmy? Um. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not using stimmy for it. Although I'm probably gonna get a stimmy soon, I imagine. Um, but uh, got hers already. Nice. I've been, <coughs> and Mikey knows. I've been eyeing. I've been eyeing, eyeing, eyeing uh, a refined bell recycler from Bear Mountain Studios, and. Uh, I am going to get one um, in the next few weeks. And, uh, <coughs> and then he's going to be it's heady. A hunt, yeah, whether uh, I can't decide whether it's a straight up RBR or he has a honey bell. It's like a or honey honey uh, pot. It's like a recycler that has an inline and then it goes to the recycler as well. So it's a different setup than the straight up how he has the RBR with the diffused vertical, but Either way, dude, getting one, man. And then, uh, yeah, I've been talking about it for a few years. I've probably been super annoying about this rig, but I'm excited. Well, at least you'll actually buy it, you know. 
I know a lot of people yeah. who just just talk about shit forever. Yeah, I, I've been. Yeah, I've been because I've just been on the fence. Like, should I do it? Should I commit? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna commit. I mean, it's tough, dude. It's like, look, like you've also, you know, you're like only other example of someone who buys glass. A lot of glasses, like me, and you've seen me just accidentally break oh, thousands yeah. of dollars. I've seen you break worth yeah, of glass. I, so I watched you, man. Yeah. Uh. Just like I watched you just sit down and like accidentally just like swipe it off and right onto the floor. That one time. It's like I just like just... blacked out and just did it to myself. And then you looked at me like, what did I just do? And I was like, bro. <laughs> I was so sad for you because it was just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was just crazy. But... Yeah, I was. <coughs> uh, wow. Okay. So now that we're both. <laughs> now that was a good one. Up. That was a good yeah. one. Um, well, you know, I wanted kind of to. I wanted kind of to. That was. He wanted kind of to. I wanted to um, open it up a little bit, and you know, it's been a little while since we recorded. Um, we both have been super busy working. You know, I. I uh, we talked about it just kind of at the beginning. And for a lot of people probably listening who you know me well, they know that I've been working on this project, um, the houseplant project now for quite some time, um, which for anybody who doesn't know, it's <clears throat> Seth Rogen's flower brand that was just launched into the U.S. last week, Thursday. Um, and, and I've been working on the project since the fall of 2019. Um, so coming up on coming up on about a year and a half and I actually joined with them full-time at the beginning of the year um, to manage and direct the product development and supply chain and total operations of the cannabis side of the business in the US so you know it's 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 been wild and it's been just an insane experience I think you know I think you and I have had a lot of different hands-on experience bringing different products to life and within the cannabis industry it's it's just mm -hmm. not easy um you know i think i think people really just don't understand where the challenges are and the reason why a lot of products come out looking the same and why a lot of products are you know frankly mids right um mm -hmm. and and you know the response to houseplant has been great, but my focus is on continuing to keep that response great. It's, it's easy to come out and crush it at launch when you had a year and a half to plan. Um, continuing to crush it, I think, is a big challenge. And you and I have seen this firsthand, whether it be uh, a new brand coming to light or it be uh, a new manufacturer or a new cultivator, right? It's like... Your first yeah. harvest is always banger, but what about your 10th harvest in that room, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I think I just, I think I kind of wanted to talk about just two, maybe three of what are some of like the big challenge points for getting new cannabis products out into the ether and, and like why, why you just don't see a lot of differentiation. 
you know mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think first is probably is, is compliance is the biggest one you and I have kind of touched on this a little bit in like multiple ways but um, it's just so interesting to see how cannabis compliance affects supply chain and then most directly product development and new products um, and you can see this and how differentiated this is between states and each state has their own method for tracking and managing cannabis yeah <clears throat> right they have their own methodology for licensing um, they have their own market size and total serviceable market um, and and also the way that stuff is sold in the market too yes yes like uh, Oregon is very different from California in that aspect and like uh, you know and, and this is different from Washington and like the what's the big size. difference in Oregon well, in Oregon, I think can't they weigh? Aren't they weighing out flour for you at the store? Isn't exactly, it's there? not flour's not packaged. So right? that changes a lot of you. Basically, your your point of packaging, I guess you could call it your point of packaging, which is your weed having to be put into like a unit that's sold, is happening at the store as opposed to happening in the distribution or manufacturing point of packaging in the california market huge which is where yeah so and that's what really testing your testing is basically all that you need to sell the product to like you don't have to it's just crazy to me how fast you can get something the, the speed of to the retail is just a lot quicker um and also your ability as a customer to like really look at the batch size probably and get a good uh, look at the uh, the variance in the in the pound or or the ounce or whatever they have in front of you. Uh, that is that's important to me as a consumer because or as a person looking at pounds because a lot of the time you'll see like a couple good head big top nugs right in those bags and you'll see kind of everything else kind of be a little bit smaller and kind of so you know that the pl- you can kind of imagine how the plant looked if you've seen cannabis a lot. Um, that's just something that's a little bit different than seeing it in an eighth, which an eighth is really a really small amount, really of that, you know, a variability in that pound. So, and it's also designed, it's packaged in a way that's on purpose to look like that. You know, it's not like, uh, you're not getting like a randomized, um, nug size or variation, I guess. I don't know if that's important to a lot of people that consume, but. I think I think it is, and I I think what you I mean you touched on a few different things there. Like we can kind of unpack that a bit. I think first, what you talked on, which was a, is a really interesting and unique call out, and really is always it's like you know like for people who don't understand like what Michael's day to day job is, is he understands supply chain from a compliance and track and trace perspective, which. It's actually how I learned supply chain as well. And I think that it's a really it's a really unique and important way um, because it really shows you what the touch point system is and what the chain of custody system is in order to move product from start to finish. Um, you know, this is not like it was just a few years ago where, Michael and I could have a grow. We could have between us with two ninety nine plant counts. We could have 
a hundred and ninety eight plants right mm-hmm. and and we could we could raise those up and if we really knew what we were doing, you know we might be able to harvest a pretty good amount of weight every year yeah. for just a couple of guys right and then yeah, we could a we ton of byproduct ton we would have we would we could have trimmed it up with our girlfriends you know watching Netflix or whatever and then it would have it would have in a, in a total process from when that flower was done we could have been in our backpacks in the trunk of our car going down I5 between LA and San Diego and just visit and, and we would have just sold sold it all the way through and it's that's actually not too far removed from how some states like Oregon and Colorado are doing it right where you where you are just truncating that time frame from and like you nailed it right where it's like all yeah. you need is that batch test and then you're able to sell it we could so, we could have paid like yeah if we, we could have paid like you know um <clears throat> a couple like a thousand dollars to get it all tested probably and then uh or maybe more um depending on how many pounds you have you know and then uh yeah i mean then you have tested stuff you could just go down and exactly what you're saying just go sell it and then you Go. You wouldn't even test it back then, but now you're you're absolutely right. At least there's some testing involved. And once oh, really you're trying interest, to go above and beyond, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, and and but like yeah, like you all, now it's you're exactly right in Oregon. It's it's like you get passing testing, and then you can go, and you can sell that through. And interesting from the consumer perspective, it's awesome because now all of the onus is put on the retailers to make sure that they're taking care of the weed in bulk right and mm-hmm. then and but on the other side the perspective is really restrictive because you can't brand it and so it's 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 really hard to differentiate your weed from other people's and to really create customer return and loyalty when you can't actually control that experience at the point of purchase right and within merchandising and within that retail experience. Um, and so I think that I think that it's like it's interesting to talk about that because I, I think it's really restrictive, right? Because at the end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, like the people who really control the movement of CPGs are the brands. And <coughs> and you know something i would offer you know like it's not maybe necessarily the best analogy but it's like when you think of coca-cola you don't think of the plastic bottle manufacturer or the corn farmer or the corn syrup producer right Mm -hmm. you think about you think about brown soda coca-cola you think about the red truck bringing the bottles in the in those like plastic Yep. crates that they've designed to hold them all, you know? Yep, like, and you, you think about the red and white script, you think about brown soda, you think about that bite. You think about a polar bear drinking it, dude. Bingo, and and, and you nailed it right there. You don't there. even think about, like, a, you don't even think about, uh, you don't even think about a human drinking it. You think about a polar bear in the snow who's, like, by himself, and then, like, his kid rolls up with a Coke, and then they drink it together. You just think about happiness and, and, and love. That's that's what happens when Look you at you. about Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola got you. They've got you right there. They got me, dude. <laughs> they got you, dude. So- Coca-Cola's all about peace and love, dude. <laughs> 
You're bought in, bro. You are fucking bought in. <laughs> but that's actually incredible, right? It's actually incredible the the memory you have for that and mm-hmm. the you know exactly. Like that is that is a a miracle of marketing if you think about it, right? From yeah. that perspective. And, I mean, Budweiser is a similar aspect of it. You think about like the carriage rolling up with the Clydesdales and like totally, dude. And like standard tradition of For business sure. and good people and hard work, and we all deserve a beer. Blue collar. See, dude, when I think about beer, I think about that I worked hard, and then when I think about Coca Cola, I think that like my like there's peace and love, dude. Like I. <laughs> so I mean, like. You know, like that's like power. That's powerful, right? And and so it's like, how are you going to ever remember a brand when the best you get is like a little like post-it note with like a shitty printout of your logo and your brand name? Yeah, that's just like stuck in the top of a mason jar. You know, there's not a lot. Like that's it's kind of defeatist. Well, you know, you're yeah. If you think about it, and like if you are selling weighing up at the store really the only thing that speaks for your brand is your quality right 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean it's just it's at it's, that point you're not even it's just about the farm right it's like and it's experience and it's and it, i mean obviously if you know what you're doing like you have to be a pretty well-trained eye to actually be able to discern like it doesn't take like you, sorry let me back up if you've smoked a while for a long time you can tell quality differences. You can tell like bad weed from good weed, right? But you have to really know what you're doing to tell like the differences between great weed when it's all pretty good, right? But then like what you're looking at and the discerning differences. That's mm-hmm. what branding helps you do, right? So it's like yeah. when you're in your when you're when you're deciding between Gucci and Louis Vuitton and Hermes and Prada and Balenciaga and stuff, you know it's all fucking, you know it's all high quality merchandise, right? Mm -hmm. But what are you gonna buy? What do you choose to wear, right? And clothing is like one of the the most original expressions that humans have, you know, and what like you wear and you choose to say about yourself and what you, you believe in and what you expect of yourself and others and and that same thing is reflected in the products we buy too, right? And totally. and it's the same. It's like it's like half the reason why you, you know, like branding is around. Like it's really become, you know, it's a sign. It's a sign of affluence. It's a sign. It's a representation of of who we are as individuals. And and a, a lot of that now has gotten wrapped up in like social media and it's become like the, what is the postability about a product or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's so, it's, it's so interesting to think about some of these things at a very granular level, because that's what like, that's what I and like, that's what we're doing. Right. When we, yeah. When we decided to make these decisions around the products for houseplant, especially in like cannabis, you know, it's, it's, you have to understand like what, what the challenge you're trying to solve is. 
and then you have to understand what all of the possible mistakes that create those challenges are it's 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 really easy it's really easy to be able to look at something and identify what problems are it's mm -hmm. way harder to actually create predictive solutions that will solve those problems right um and so you know i think i think when you see and you look into the current state of cannabis brands there's just singular trends that start from these decision makers at the top a lot like high fashion where there's a few people who define what's cool and i'm doing air quotes right now and they make a decision and then it and then it trickles down through the ether right and most everybody just feels like they need to be doing what those people are doing versus creating their own versions of success right and so you mix that concept right like the hype and the postability of what people are doing that's cool in their space and place with the restrictions of compliance you get product similarity right and so yeah you know like for instance when if you look at the jar we did it has a completely unique child resistant mechanism and for what people don't understand is everything has to come in a, in a child resistant package when you buy it in cannabis um, and child resistance is something that has to be developed and licensed and approved by a third party you can't just like make something that has buttons sticking out the side and then say it's child resistant that's not how that works packaging companies literally can't sell packaging until it's been approved the process and the cost alone for doing CR mechanism a custom CR mechanism dissuades almost every new cannabis brand getting into it and the reason why is two-part in my belief this is my opinion is from you have you still have a group of people in defining what's cool in cannabis who have absolutely no traditional merchandising or business scaling experience they have they just know what good weed is right um mm -hmm. and then the other part of that is you have a bunch of people coming into the business new who have never experienced or have been involved with cannabis and they don't know how to discern the difference between good and bad so you've got so you so it's and, and you we saw this firsthand when we first came down here in those first couple years of it we got down here in 17 right when it got legal but legal cannabis wasn't implemented until 18 and it wasn't fully entered and implemented it until month six of 19 when phase three yeah. hit right and so yep. it took a year and a half for all of the rules and compliance regulations to get implemented and within that time period you had everybody just desperate to make money because while although they didn't fucking figure out how to get testing implemented they sure figured it out how to get taxes implemented and how to demand them from everybody right and so so people people and businesses desperately needed to get weed into the marketplace and so they didn't have time to create unique they didn't have time to create uh -huh. very tasteful palpable yeah. marketing material they needed to get weed 
in fucking CR jars tested and into stores when they for the last 15 years in the state of California and many medical states, they've been able to just take it directly from their house to the store and sell it in bulk. Mm-hmm. Yes, they didn't care about branding back then, but they didn't have to package anything. So you had nothing. You you didn't have to worry about branding, right? Yeah. And what's cool about what you're saying right now too is also during that time, some people actually did take the time to care a little bit about their branding, and I'd say that those are some of the people that probably have the, have the biggest brands now. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is if you look at those people, they really didn't start doing anything until 15. 2016 right and and it was very minimal because there you couldn't it was so illegal yeah you wouldn't post you'd be you like i remember dude i was doing a bunch of stuff in weed before i ever 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 contemplated posting it on instagram Uh, i remember you telling me like i i'm gonna start posting about weed stuff now like it was like a thing dude (laughs) like <laughs> it was a big decision to make, you know, and yeah. and for a lot of people, even people we know, they don't understand that because they never, they have never risked it for the biscuit, you know. They never, you know, they they haven't done any of that stuff. They came into a marketplace once it was already you were allowed to work in it, you know, um, and that's where a lot of the the the, and that's where I that's why I bring up that pull is between the people who slogged and trapped and hustled for years and they don't have traditional training in like scaling a business, right? Or Mm -hmm. merchandising or product placement, right? But they understand weed better than anyone else, right? And then the other side of the coin is you have people who scaled tons of businesses they know how to fundraise and get capital you know they know how to get licensing they know how to do real estate right but what they don't understand is fucking weed and so you have this like fight back and forth occurring that then intermixes with the speed at which and the inconsistency at which cannabis is produced and then needs to be sold through and that's why we talk about the supply chain challenge. People just, I know we've talked about this in curing and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but just to remind everybody like weed, as soon as you harvest it, it's trying to get ruined from yeah, the it's literally just trying to decay. It's just trying, trying to, to become, fucking die. Even like the best weed is just trying to become bag soured fucking mints. Yep. Like all it's of it. Just, you're just, you're just fighting against time. And nature to to hopefully cure like it opening properly. a bag to show people you're like every time I mean do we need to open it right now is it a need yep like can you inspect it through the bag yeah can you try to smell yeah that's how you know you're dealing with someone bit. who's a, a true respectful procurement guy is they will they'll smell one or two bags out of the batch and they just look at the rest through the bag but, you know, sometimes you got to pop them all open because you're dealing with fucking sketchy trap heads who load all the middle of their packs with fucking mid-shake. Fuckers, dude. Anyway, so... So within... So within supply chain... <laughs> the 
fucking busters, dude. Called it fucking called out, dude. <laughs> it's true though. Dude, the bait and switch, man. Dude, the and bait also, and dude, I'm just gonna uh like label your label your packs, label your bags, dude. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I was uh just label your stuff. And, I was talking and to like, some some friends in the industry who had to intake. They had someone bring like 300 pounds, uh, unbagged, just in, uh, just in, ra- just raw trimmed loose bud, loose and totes, and mixed. <laughs> what strain is this? Oh, uh, this one over here, Dad, is like uh, I think like, this is my uh, this is my biscotti, and then this one down here, dude, is uh my GMO, and then over here, dude, I think this might be. Wait a sec, dude. Which one is this? Oh, no. This is the SFV. This one right here is the SFV, dude. For sure, dude. And you're like, okay. And it's like, uh, how do you know? They're all not labeled and you took them Not labeled. The They're not weighed. None of the tin, None of the bins are teared. That's just a universal thing, I feel like, in the industry. I've heard so many like stories from... Oh, it's terrible. Everybody. So... so you know, then, and then that's the that's the challenge, too, right? Is is from a consumer perspective is you don't like people don't know. And so like, this is my whole point of telling you, telling you guys, the only way that this changes is if consumers demand the brand to improve this stuff. Right. Otherwise you're fucking, you're just going to keep getting mitts. You're just going to keep getting dry old mitts. So if you really like the brand, you know, if you're like a person that likes the and wants to support the brand, I guess, and you're. I mean, even if you, I, I, again, though, it's like the the more people that are out there demanding better supply chain control, the more brands will have to listen to it. Yeah. And then what people don't understand is then that turns the brands to demand better legislation to change what are the bullshit rules that make the supply chain bullshit in the first place? Okay. That's the only way this stuff actually gets fixed is by, is by creating conscious legislature that works for both the producers and the consumers. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like, that's a, that's a tall order because most people are just happy to get fucking mids and, you know, just smoke mids and they just, they just love to do mids, um, <laughs> you know, and, and that's fine. If that's your thing, that's cool. But, you know, so, so to, to bring it back a little bit, um, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of the, a lot of the, the challenges and products and why you see so much similarity is you have, you have a bunch of what's being invented as cool as by people who are, are literally, just creating as much weed as possible to say it's cool. They just come up with new names on the fly. It's all the same fucking genetics. It's all the same gelato. It's all the same runs crosses. They're like, there really is only actually like a handful of strong, vital quality, unique genetic genetics that come out every year. Like quality plants don't like aren't full of smalls, you know, like there's a problem with these hyper exotic genetics where people are over choosing for things like coloration, like purpling or terpene, right? And mm-hmm. they're not actually taking the genetics back to cross them with anything that is actually like a healthy plant. 
and so they create all these super stringy, floppy, uh, silica deficient, ping pong nug producing plants that just create a bunch of like smalls, like half inch, three quarter inch, the largest you get, you know, which is like if you look at all the dosi dos that comes out, all of the gelato, the biscotti, it all is smalls, and that's because these genetics are fucking trash can from a biology perspective. They're not well developed. They're in their first or second phenotype. They're not stable. Um, at yeah. best, at best, you're getting feminized seeds, but that's just like a fucking crapshoot. It's literally random what you're getting, you know. Um, and, and over and, time, just using that and using that yep. and using that, eventually you're and just getting like some. And what happens is, you've got, and 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 the the growers at the top. And the breeders at the top, they know this. They know that they're not creating stability in the chain. And they've created a marketplace out of just owning what's hot and what's cool. They're not interested in moving the goalpost or moving the bar up as far as the quality of flower. They're interested in being as hype as possible, creating hype-sounding names, right? crazy flavors. And, And crazy flavors, right? And then just they create limited batches of that. Because that's all they can create because the plant isn't vital so it can't sustain its life cycles, right? You can't these, – these, these plants aren't strong enough to be turned into circulated moms that will produce at a consistent level for you with consistent THC, right, and weight and yield. They start declining rapidly because they're, they're, they are not healthy plants. Now, this – like – uh, uh, the re- and then what happens is, is one out of a lot of these ends up being a keeper. And that's yeah. what becomes these really super popular strains that then trickle through the ether. Like this year's wedding cake was popular two fucking years ago in like the heady boy circles. Wedding cake was cool two years ago. What was the number one strain pulled this year, this summer and fall? Fucking wedding um. cake. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's, again, it's like high fashion, and ice right? ice cream cake, too. Yes. It ice starts at the top. Really popular. And then it trickles through, and next thing you know, two years later, it's in fucking Target. Okay. It's the same thing. It's wedding cake. Start at the top, and next thing you know, it's in fucking Old Pal. <laughs> you know? And, like, that's okay. That functionality. Dude, are you saying that by the end of the year, dude, I'll be able to buy some Yeezy Crocs from Target? They're, like, an off-brand, like... It'll be like just some. Actually, I mean, honestly, now that now that Kanye and Kim are broken up, you might be able to get fucking real Yeezys at Target. Boy, he's gonna need that money. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna need that money. Yo. (laughs) You get the Target lately? They got the Yeezy collab, like (laughs) they got the Yeezy collab with uh, Levi, dude. It's sick. So, okay, so so. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm getting through this. I promise. I promise. So, you know, it's just, I bring this all up because you've got, when we started houseplant, you know, we are removed from our ability to be able to truly control the supply chain. We have to work with partners in order to make sure that that is happening. And we are literally only as good as the, specifications that we build in order to support the quality um yeah and 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 the challenge is is that so many of these businesses and these brands like i talked about they don't have the time or the money to spend on developing 
a unique package with custom CR because they're so concerned about paying for their insanely expensive buildouts and for the ridiculous amount of taxes and how expensive it is to already get cannabis through the supply chain that they don't have they don't they don't worry about specifications and SOPs. Um, and so, you know, we were able to and we created a scarcity model to where we are selecting and choosing and filtering the best flower for the consumer because it's become rampant. It is a rampant problem with the amount of high dollar eights that are essentially the same strains of weed um, that are supposed to be hype and popular but are really not super good. They're kind of low testing in THC. They're small nugs, right? I mean, I, I know some of the best brands in the state and they have an eight fucking nug eighth. An eight nug yeah. eighth. You, uh, could you imagine back in the day when I was trapping if I gave you an eight nug eighth? You'd be like, Wait, what the what fuck is this? Is this? You like, know? Yo, this is that new. This is that new. This is that exclusive, bro. Yeah. This is, that, this is those smalls, bro. This is that premium, dude. What do you, you know? What do you mean? What um, is this? And. <laughs> And, you know, and so I just, I feel like the bar, the bar has started to slip so much because it's partially not a lot of these brands faults, but it's also because people aren't really educated. The consumer doesn't really know what the challenge points are for this. And so they Mm -hmm. don't know how to communicate how, how to demand what they want out of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, this is something that it will change over time and evolve over time. But, you know, my, my biggest goal with Houseplant Go Forward is to continue to keep this, to keep this quality up, to continue to keep that bar high. Um, and, you know, we are really trying to curate what is one of the better selections of and representations of flower in California and then hopefully through the U S. And so, you know, we've got, I, I just, I, we sold out in the first day we sold, we sold all of our weed and all of the accessories in in seven hours, which is just fucking bonkers. Um, we've got another release coming up soon towards the end of the month. Um, but there'll be more news on the socials on that coming soon. And, um, we launch retail shortly thereafter. We'll have some new strains coming out. I have some new products in the mix that'll be coming soon. Um, and we're going to be looking at new States as well. So, you know, I think, I, I, I don't know, you know, I, 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 we, we tried really hard to create something that was special. Um, and I hope that people can understand what the challenge is to do something and what the cost is to do something like that. Um, yeah. And, and the only way that that bar continues to raise is if people understand the education behind that and we as consumers demand, demand that bar to be raised and raise our expectations as well. So, but We'll see if that happens. Hell yeah, dude. 
That's really exciting, man. Like, it was really cool to watch the drop happen um, and to just see everything all over social media. And, uh, yeah, it was it was really cool just to, like, the, the website. Like, like, it's always a sign of something, like, being executed really well, I think, as, like, a release or a rollout. It's, like, the site's breaking, everything's selling out. <laughs> it's, like, holy crap, like... It was just really, really cool to see that. And uh, I wanted to um, <clears throat> I wanted to move into some of the uh, some of the news topics, current events. Yeah, uh, dude. That, Let's get out of the weeds here with my boring supply chain shit. Hit me with that rapid fire current event. <laughs> Hit me with that good. It's not Patch boring. Me up in the world, dude. It is not boring, dude. Uh, it was really. Uh, it's really. Uh, it's a lot of interesting stuff that I don't think a lot of people. Um, consider or maybe they do, but it's uh, it's really interesting. You know, it's we're not emerging. just we're not just over here getting fucking high all day. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's a good way to put it too. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> uh, so I saw this. Uh, this was actually today. Um, the article is posted. So this is hot and heavy current. This is current fucking news. This is literally today. Okay. Ooh, fresh. Uh, in Savannah, Georgia, um, they found three cannons and an anchor in the Savannah River that they believe to be a part of a ship from the Revolutionary War, um, which is pretty cool because... That's I mean, a long time ago. Yo, long time ago, right? Uh, so then I was kind of looking into, like, what's cool about it is the ship that actually they think it's from because the ship is the HMS Rose sick name which uh yeah but it was like a 20 gun warship and was like one of the more dominant warships of that time I guess uh it was a Seaford class 6 rate post ship of the Royal Navy um oh it was a British ship yeah activities in suppressing smuggling in the colony of Rhode Island Provoked the formation of what became the Continental Navy. Uh, she was based in North America. And I think what happened is she was scuttled in the harbor of Savannah, Georgia in 1779. Uh, and so they think that this is like remains of that ship that was like pretty much a badass British warship during the um, Revolutionary War. Dude, have you seen Master of- and Commander? I think I have. With Russell Crowe? Yes, bro. Bro. Dude. Dude. Mr. Colony, damage report, if you please. (laughs) That would be me, dude. That would be so fucking crazy. Well, I mean, dude, first off, like, yo, those are old. Dude, you should see the cannon, bro. It's like fully just, just rusted to rusted. pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a rusty metal. It's so, it's and like then a, you said it was scuttled in seventy in seventeen seventy nine. That was three years after independence was declared. There was like I think it went down there because there's. It said something to do with royalists, which I don't know what royalists are like. People royalists are like were um, supporters. They were they were American citizens that were british supporters yes did you just say that i think I, no i'm just thinking of like 
there of course there was like people here that were like dude talk about the wrong no, the side gotta stay dude like talk about the wrong fucking side you chose now you're here could you imagine could you imagine you're just like you live here now and you chose the fucking british and then yeah. we won you're an idiot dude you're changing that script real quick you're changing that <laughs> script real fucking quick yeah dude i've always uh, admit Master and Commander, I love that movie. It should be such a crazy life. Like, I'm so terrified of the ocean. Yeah. Like, could you imagine just being on a warship for months at a time? And you just, like, all no. live on the ship. And you just are, like, out there at sea. And then and then you fight people. And, uh, you know, people, like in, like, in the movies when they show... Master and Commander did a good job about it. But in a lot of movies when they show, like, those those battle scenes with fucking big boats like that... Is there like you know you could like the they're like a football field away when they when they yeah. go by? That's not how they're that like shit worked at all, bro. Totally, that's like, not how that shit worked. They were like, oftentimes you'd be close enough to like throw. Stop like, side, he appears. They appear. <laughs> they're like through the fog. Look through the fog. I see. I see the mast. I see the main. I see a shape. Yeah, the ghost ship. <laughs> No, dude, they would be, like, literally, like, 15 feet from each other. And then, imagine you're, like, down there. Yelling at each other. Dude, they would throw grappling hooks, and then they'd hook. <gasps> and there'd be, like, yeah. dudes. Like, there'd be guys, there's like. There's that scene in, uh, there's that scene, I think it's in Pirates of the Caribbean, where they, they're, like, that. They're, like, pulling up right next to each other, and they're, right like. Right next to each other. And they're, like, looking. <sighs> and they got their just, like, swords. see each other, yeah. dude. You can just see each other. And shooting their muskets. And, and then, like, you know, crazy. like, the boats are, like, rocking. They're in flood. Yeah. So they're like going, they're going, they're rotating up and down, but then they're also pitching. Going like that. Right? Yeah. And so they're You're just like. like <laughs> yeah, dude, they're just like. Hey, fuck! <laughs> they're just fuck like. Fuck yeah! Hey! <laughs> it's all you hear on the other side. <laughs> it's just. Ah! Fuck! Oh, <laughs> You're fucking deaf. You're just deaf, actually. <laughs> From just the cannons ringing into your goddamn ears. Yeah, just stupid. Yeah, just holy shit. Yeah, dude, I bet you in that one too. Is it, that's like? Did you see? Did you say that that boat? Imagine loading like a cannonball in there, and then you pack it in there, and then you and I are just like sitting there, and we're like, like, and you're, really, I'm like loading it in, and then you're like, I'm like, okay, and then you fucking just have dude. the thing, and you like drop it down, it's like boom, and then we just fucking, yes. I'm like. I'm like, all right, do it again. And I'm loading another one. And it was like, boom. And we're just doing dude. that. And, and like we just whole... hope we don't get blasted with yes. another, like one of those. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 You're hoping you're the whole time. That whole time period sketches me the fuck out. I can't believe that for like a few hundred years, we just voluntarily rolled up to the same fucking plot of land, like 50 feet from each other and took turns just shooting each other in the face with guns that barely fucking worked. And they took a minute to reload. You're just oh, sitting there. We walked up and we we're like, and our homeboys like, and we're like, yo, let's do this shit. Yeah. And we just have, and I'm just like, all right, dude. What if we're just standing next to each other? We're just like, yeah. We both got like fucking muskets. And we're like, all right, dude, don't fucking miss, okay? Like, I don't want to die today. <laughs> like, dude. And you just have to hope, like, you, what if you talk shit? Do you think they talk shit to each other? Like, on the sides? A hundred percent. They're like, Hey, don't a hundred percent. But you can't shoot me in the fucking head. 
dude, I just, I just, I have like, <laughs> I've had nightmares. I've had fucking nightmares of being in that situation. And oh, like, dude, you're just horrible. like, you just shoot and then you got to reload and you're sitting there like, you know, and you're like, and then you're like stuffing and you're like looking yeah. over and then you just get shot. I just, like a cannon just comes screaming over the ground and rips your fucking leg off, you know? And then you're sitting there, your legs ripped off. You're just on the ground, you know? Oh, by the way, this is before fucking hospitals were well equipped. You know, nobody has antiseptic. Nobody has, you know, you just, you're just legs blown the fuck off and then you die of like cholera or some crazy shit because the water's so dirty that they give you booze instead of water and then you got your leg blown off and they have uh, disaster dude disaster it's literally literally oh my god yeah so uh <laughs> maybe they should just leave those cans in the fucking water yeah we should <laughs> uh so on the note of uh of the i guess of uh, the south um New Orleans Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, the fucking boy, Drew Brees, is retiring from the NFL, fam. It's done. No way. He's, How old is he? That's a good question, man. He's who like 52? Yeah, he's like 75 or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Those fucking Panamanian stem cells, dude. Um, bro, uh, so he played in the NFL for 15 or no, 20 seasons. Uh, My God. So I think he's in his 40s. Um, but I need to figure out because we both don't know and probably need to how old. Drew Brees. Drew Brees yeah, is 42. Up. Wow. 42. So we were close. I was, I was probably closer than you, but uh, dude. yeah, dude. Uh, seriously, um, can't believe you said seventy-five. Uh, I said fifty. I can't believe he's gonna. Yep. Anyway, I can't believe he's gonna <laughs> <laughs> retire after twenty seasons uh, and let Tom Brady continue to be in the NFL longer than him. Uh, although Drew Brees, I will say, played with like a bunch of broken ribs and like last season and had like all these crazy injuries or something and was still playing uh and he's just a he's just been dominant ever since he went to new orleans uh, he's played there for 15 years now so it's been like i think he played with the chargers before that who and a lot of people don't even remember that that he played with the chargers um oh wow but yeah he uh didn't really do well with the chargers i remember him playing for them i was like way back though uh but uh yeah Saints need a new quarterback now. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, I saw, heard this thing that the literally the mayor of New Orleans was talking about offering Russell Wilson a spot because Russell Russell made some. Russell bullshit. should go there, dude. I know dude. a lot of people, Seattle fans, are going to be butt hurt, but uh, I mean, dude, they, I would be butt hurt, but not if we got three first round draft picks. So yeah, uh, they need to. They've needed to just get an offensive line to protect him, and they just—it doesn't look like they have. It's been consistent. Well, there's too money tied Watching up. him scramble for years and just get tackled and tackled and yeah, tackled. Yeah, dude, I would, I would be frustrated too. They man. don't have enough money. Like, come on, yeah. They spend too much money on Russ and mm-hmm. KJ and. Yeah, I would say Seattle just hasn't done a good job of handling the. They had like lightning in a bottle when they had the defense and they mm-hmm. had. Marshawn and they had Russell and they had the whole wide receiver uh, dude legendary trio legendary but 
they didn't do a good job of like the fallout of that. I don't think it was. I mean, it's tough, well. right? Like, it, there are it so many tough. young. They built a team of like super young and hungry kids who all went on to become like 15 million 20 million dollar a year players at other franchises you know that's true like that's kind yeah. of the evolution that's kind of how like that a happens breeding ground for yeah for sure kind of like they got the, i think basically. you could say that that was like a statistical anomaly maybe or it's like a money ball situation where they like got fucked like it was like a, out of seattle yeah you know they They'll got really mm-hmm. they got kind of lucky you know as as, as much as it that was planned true. you know and it all yeah. came together with the chemistry and the age group and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just so the more I learn about football and like sport, you know, just like sports theory in general and stuff. It's all that, all that sort of stuff is just so, and then it all kind of comes the money thing is just so crazy. That's something that I've really been learning a lot more about in the last like year. And it's just, just like how, like they're per- like so many teams just could like just their purchase crippled. They're just crippled. Like they yeah. can't, they can't bring any new. Talent. No, that's what I mean. That's what was going on this year with the Steelers. Uh, Big Ben was thinking about. Um, I mean, he is coming back for this next season, but there was some talk and there was a lot of debate on. And he just kind of said, "I think, I think it is what he said was like, you know, don't worry necessarily about my like salary because they need to sign." you know players around him and like need to secure those positions and also uh like they were going to try to bring i think what the push was from the steelers i think uh was to try and get jj watt so they could have the watt brothers on the same defense which would have been so sick but i think jj watt went to arizona instead uh so yeah um drew Brees, uh great career like i mean it was i've watched him you know we watched him in the super bowls and uh, I've I'm a big I've always been a big fan of Drew Brees, uh, and his um, you know time in the Saints. He basically took that team and made them like a uh, one of the more dominant I would say uh, presences in the NFL for the past 15 years. Well, um, smell you later, Drew Brees. Yeah, uh, I wanted to also bring up because we've talked about SpaceX on the podcast a few times, so I figure mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. worth mentioning. Uh, SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launches for a record ninth time, bringing 60 more Starlink satellites into orbit, and the Starlink satellites are being launched to provide better internet service uh, on Earth, I guess, to like areas like rural and like kind of areas, but like just get internet more far-reaching to places in the globe. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Hopefully, you was you're the only ISP you won't have in the middle of you'll have in the middle of nowhere won't be fucking HughesNet, just trash can. <laughs> Fuck. I Hughes guess uh, the company has permission to launch twelve thousand satellites as part of this whole project. Is so I think that's crazy. You said uh, how many satellites were attached to one launch? I think it was uh sixty satellites. That's crazy. How so, many satellites are in orbit right now? Uh. That's a good question, dude. You're hitting, you're hitting the the questions today. Oh my God! Right now, there are nearly six thousand satellites circling our tiny planet. About sixty percent of those so are defunct. So they're planning to double it with just this internet stuff. Wow! Did you, about sixty percent of those. I'm seeing that there are currently there are over, it's like three thousand active artificial satellites. I'm seeing yep. three thousand. Yeah. So, so they're gonna times by four. 
60% of those are defunct satellites. They're just space junk. And only 40% are operational, about 2,600. Yeah, I've seen some stuff about space, the space junk up there and how they don't know how they're going to, like... Deal with it? Deal with it. What a it's nightmare. Like a yeah. There's got to be a way that you can, like, basically get, like, a magnet and... <laughs> Well, that's like are, seriously. What else do you? What else do you? They're moving do, so fast. I know, but there's got to be a way to like. No, you just gotta. We gotta. Uh, you just gotta. Is there a way donate to like pulverize it? Yeah, you just gotta donate them. Just push them out of orbit with like a, like a gift wrap. <laughs> what if you're able to have like uh, a big giant? parachute type thing deploy that catches them and it travels with them but then also like slows it down somehow because it's like I mean I say just let them maybe. come into the atmosphere and burn up into pe- it's not going to survive re-entry yeah you know or just Elon needs to make a giant version of the flamethrower that he's already created and then he sends it up into space and then it just like we watch like this huge flamethrower in the sky just like destroy all the satellites and it just looks like elon that'd be sick dude yeah except you can't have fire in space but i understand well dude it ruined my fucking <laughs> funny ass idea anyway uh yeah so uh better internet spacex uh it's happening. that right there is the commercial tagline right there better internet spacex uh, bringing you better internet yeah there we go. Got some beats in there too. Um, what do you got, dude? I think that's I think that's all that I have for. Um, for honestly, I um I'm a little unprepared today, but I did want to. Um, I kind of wanted to. I know we we kind of talked about it in the last one, but just refresh and keep it in everyone's head that Myanmar is still Burma. Um, is is not a fun place to be right now um you know there's there's uh, they're still in the middle of a military coup um and there's been most of the protests have been relatively non-violent um but the the military empowered police um have reportedly killed about 39 innocent protesters they are still continuing to ban most social media within the country. Um, and they've started to restrict internet entirely to certain sections and groups, including specifically like minority based areas. Um, and there's also been reports of like food and trade restriction within some of these areas as well. Um, so, They declare martial law, it says. Uh yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's uh you know, it's pretty it's 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 pretty crazy. I think the only reason why I'd like continue to read up on it and follow up is I think it's always I think it's at least for me personally, it's just powerful to have that sort of respect perspective. Um at top of mind. You know, it reminds me how fucking spoiled rotten we are. Um and reminds Whoa. me to be th- thankful every day that I get to. Did you mention what their leader said? I no. don't know how to say his name. Uh, the mil- the Mon, Mon Win. 
Yeah, the okay. the military guy. Yeah, he said they ur- urged protesters to defend themselves against the military crackdown during what he called a revolution. This is the darkest moment of the nation in the moment that the dawn is closed, he said, adding the uprising must win. Whoa. So. Pretty intense, man, but, you know. No, it's crazy. Yeah, I saw some stuff, like, there's, like, some stuff that's on fire and uh, yeah, man. the street. And there's, it's, like... It's not good. It's not good, but people running and yeah. Luckily we've got CGI Joe Biden here running the show now. Um Yeah, hopefully rolling out those vaccines, dude. Getting um, those getting those stimmy packs to everybody. Yeah, that big package was signed. I recently. literally saw I literally saw a trap mylar bag that was uh uh money bags Joe. It says stimmy pack. And on it's it. called stimmy pack. Yeah, I saw that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's funny, bro. Oh, shit. Dude, it's always a pleasure. What? It's always a pleasure. We're wrapping up. Oh, yeah. We, oh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't... <laughs> I was not aware. <laughs> Dude, you got to catch up. I was, not, I was not aware that we were already wrapping up. I dropped my phone even. You caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Um, well, no, dude, this has been a fun... It's been a fun episode. Uh, tell tell the people what we got coming next. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we are working on... Uh, we are working on a, another mini-series... Uh, that we want to um, do this time we're going to be talking about uh, pre-rolls I think we want to get into um, and discuss just the differences between um, you know all the different skew pre-roll skews that there are out there uh, the the evolution of testing and kind of point of packaging like we talked about earlier uh, in pre-rolls themselves, just a bunch of stuff about pre-rolls. Uh, we're gonna bring that up, I think, in the next few episodes. Uh, also, Bay Area people, listeners, uh, I'm gonna be doing some stand-up comedy shows in the next few weeks. Uh, actually, Ooh. the end of this week on the 19th, I got a show in Santa Cruz. It is the drive-in comedy show in Church Street parking lot. I'll be posting on that on my Instagram. Um, you show up, you turn your radio station and your car to a certain station, your FM radio, and you'll hear the comedians through your car. So you don't got to get out of your car. You can bring snacks. You can bring whatever you want. Uh, you can chill. You can hang out. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about that. And also, uh, in San Francisco, I'm going to be doing a show at uh, my friend Xander's house in his backyard. He has a backyard comedy show. Um, that's going to be on the 27th. Go to Xander Beltron's Instagram uh, and you can RSVP for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Details for that are on his page. So go check that out. Got some comedy coming up. I'm excited about that. When is the backyard one again? It's on the 27th. 27th, uh, so the 19th, and then the 27th. Yeah, I think it starts at like it started like six. Information's on his page. Um, I think it's like a. It's one of those like, kind of like secret show, speakeasy kind of deal things. So go to his page so you can RSVP. If you want to come out and see me do some jokes, if you're in San Francisco, um, yeah, 
Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear you're getting some shows back going again. One yeah, year. Yeah, it's actually been, it's been, I uh, had some last month, and so it's kind of cool to have some. I've been starting to have some like every month now again, so the consistency's somewhat getting back to feeling kind of like normal. 10% normal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and there's some open mics actually starting up too up there that I'll be going to um, pretty soon, and I'm going to be making some trips up there to do some comedy. And so, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, thank you for. Thank you for listening to the Two Dabs Podcast, as always. Uh, it's, like you always say, it's a pleasure doing this with you, sir. Um, yeah, man. It's good to get back on it, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Have a great day.